Unfortunately, we cannot begin the show today without mentioning the tragic events that took place outside the King Power Stadium on Saturday evening. A moment that took the lives of five people after a helicopter crash in the staff car park. Our deepest sympathies are with the club of Leicester City as they mourn for their owner, their favourite uncle, the man who brought them salvation, promotion and completed an amazing journey when Leicester won the Premier League in 2016. He is a club legend and our thoughts today are with him and the other four passengers' families today. This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. Arsene Wenger has been in Japan for a year. He doesn't know anything about English football. I will love it if we beat them. It's the history of the Tottenham. I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry, I have nothing to say. Con Giovanni, yeah, incredible. Dribble, 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 dribble. Penalties? What is penalties? <laughs> Who are Man United? We will go wherever in recent years, Barcelona have won El Clasico 5-0, 4-3, 6-2, 4-0, 3-1, 3-0, 3-2 and 5-1. Zidane remains the only Madrid manager to win on his first Clasico since 2007. Rafa Benitez lost 4-0, Jose Mourinho 5-0, Manuel Pellegrini 1-0, Juan de Ramos 6-2 and now Lopetegui 5-1. So congratulations to Pellegrini on being the best loser at Real Madrid. It's, it's you know, it's something you can be proud of. <laughs> there's not much there's not much you can stick take it away. on the CV yeah. you can't take much from this job but you can certainly take that it's a wonderful piece of fat getting um, yeah poor poor Julian Lapetegui but then look at Wande Ramos you know yeah. you can just say I'm better than Wande Ramos Spurs might hire him yeah well can um, Julian Lapetegui win the Carling Cup with Tottenham I wouldn't put a pass when they get replaced by higher end nap. I'd love it I'd love it to see that to be honest uh, but we'll talk about the Clasco a bit later on but first we'll talk about Arsenal's winning streak it's over 2-2 yeah. at Crystal Palace 11 matches was it into it 11 or 12 they were, they were I going think. for it and they ended up just fluffing their lines two penalties to concede that's, yeah. that's poor the first one in particular Mustafi like, Mustafi's going to Mustafi yeah that's <laughs> kind of what he does um, it was he, such a bizarre like it almost was like someone accidentally pressed square when they're playing FIFA yeah. the way I he just think died. that maybe there is someone controlling Mustafi <laughs> yeah. like that inside his head I don't know if you saw there was a clip on social media last week of Mustafi singing after the the match in just his jocks is he any like, good someone put it up as Ozil or whatever it was someone in the team I was like no but it was just really disturbing it's like <laughs> why are you sharing this video of this man who doesn't know you're filming him just so uh, just so Roy Keane get angry like, he's yeah. just watching at home oh, shaking his fuming, head fuming fuming he's gone red there's steam coming out of his, out of his you if know, he doesn't take so much time singing he might learn not to slide tackle into uh, the box or the corner just, just Arsenal were poor that was probably the worst they played since the start of this run they maybe you can see a bit of fatigue coming through they did actually have a tough enough match in in uh, Lisbon, Lisbon on yeah. Thursday night that went to the wires and they scored late on Danny Welbeck scored in the 78 I'm, I'm very confused as to why he's being referred to as that guy I don't know either he's Welbs you yeah, know, he'll always be Welbs to me uh, uh, yeah. Danny Welbeck you know playing for his future but he scored in that match he won it that kept the run going and basically qualified them for after Christmas in the Europa League forever that's where yeah they can just really stick on the kids now if they weren't already doing that but they weren't they weren't that's the thing they were one or two per match yeah that's why like Iwobi who's been in fine form only had to you know was late in addition to it but the, the real problem with Arsenal was the the midfield there was uh, Granit Xhaka apart from the fact you know he scored that amazing free kick like that uh, was but, <laughs> uh, it was like he's, he's a really good free kick taker and, and he's got the, a good long range shot the, on him the, penalty yeah he, oh yeah he gave me <laughs> that's penalty. the problem 
But apart from that, in the match, Granit Xhaka kind of was very much going down the right-hand side every time because that was his well, easiest he, he, side he to pass. he started at left-back. I know, but that's the way he was passing the ball. And obviously, he's not going to bomb down the left-hand side. Yeah, that was what was... like. There were a lot of Arsenal fans on social media being very concerned about well, Granit Xhaka playing left-back. There is apparently nobody else at the moment in the club who can, who's a natural left-back, left-footed player. Bayern played left-back a couple of times. Uh, yeah, but they played Licksteiner there as well, but Licksteiner has almost killed himself because he was so tired after what, doing it last week. What happened to Kolasinac? He, uh, he's injured, I think. He's just been injured for the last yeah. like six months. He got injured in pre-season. He never really regained his place. Monreal was playing well, then Monreal got injured. Licksteiner is very good, very solid. Who bro. was it they were playing left back, uh, the youth player last season? Uh, Ainsley Maitland Niles. He got injured in the first oh game God. of the season, he came off. I don't remember that. Or was it before the first game of the season, the preseason? Yeah, matter he of came, He returned to training last week. That's okay, where his so Granit Xhaka is not going to spend the next few games at left back. Well, because yeah. came he, back as well, so maybe they could do it's all coming up at left back. I don't know. He, he's played left back for Germany, hasn't he? I don't know. He he, he can't do much worse than playing centre back. At least uh, left back, he won't be in the box to slide tackle. Yeah, they have an easy, easy in inverted commas league cup matching as Barnsley or someone like that. Oh yeah, league cups this week. Yeah. And before we'll get on to the preview later on, so they can get back to winning ways pretty quickly. But uh, they played badly. The only silver lining you have to look at this from an Arsenal point of view is probably in previous seasons they would have lost this match. Yeah, they've definitely made strides forward in, in this but winning streak. They would have just lost 1-0. Yeah, probably. Like they, in that winning streak, they were not once ahead at halftime. Yeah, they, it's so weird. They haven't been ahead at halftime. That's time. just good game management, I suppose, by well, anyway. Well, like, the team being <laughs> slightly fitter. Yeah. Like, they were 2-1 up, and it was, what, the 83rd minute, 84th minute? When they yeah, it was definitely that. late in. Yeah, like, they were fairly settled in that we're getting three points here. And, and, and like, Crystal Palace aren't a bad side either. Like, they've been a bit uh, unfortunate. <laughs> they've been unfortunate this season. I don't understand how they've won so few matches so very because they have a good well, team. that was their first goal at home. In, yeah, they just can't seem to get they it in the net. They haven't scored from open play. It's, <laughs> it's weird because like, they didn't seem to have that problem last year even. Not not to uh, this extent. They were pretty dismal. I, at the start of the season last year, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Crystal Palace, like we said before, they're going to be in that big old run of middle teams that are not going to do anything to anybody but apparently get occasional points against the big teams. Yeah, Sellers Park isn't the easiest place. Either. No, no. And it's... You know, it was a what the weather did play a part in the match. You could tell with the players were uncomfortable. Like I know, they brought out the yellow ball. Yeah, they did. But the weather, the wind, the the rain when yeah. it came, it disrupted some of the players, and you could see that they weren't very comfortable. Yeah, Lacazette didn't seem at his best no, there, and I'd say that was probably part of that. That and having played three days earlier, in yeah, a, in a relatively high intensity match because it's was certainly their most difficult match they played since the opening two fixtures was against Sporting Lisbon. Surprisingly, because it was a Europa League match in a group that's pretty Sporting much, Lisbon are still a good side. No, though. but it's pretty much decided. So you would we would wonder why either team would go hell for leather for it. But Lisbon went for it a bit. They couldn't really get a shot on target. But they went for it and Arsenal struggled through it and eventually won the match. But they played most of that team that played on Sunday ended up playing in that match. And you could tell they retired by the end of it. They've got another win week match. So we'll see whether they're able to recover by then. And while Arsenal's unbeaten or winning streak came to an end, May and I started their winning streak potentially. Oh, yeah. They're back. 2 they're 1 back against Everton. 2 1 against Everton in s- such a strange little match where. May and I didn't. Bad. They were, and they weren't really doing anything for about a half an hour, and then Very all of a sudden. Then Martial kind of had a couple yeah. good runs, and then obviously he got the penalty. Whether he dived or not is another thing, but he got the penalty. Yeah. 
And then Bayern Munich seemed to switch on then for the next 10, 15 minutes of that first half. And it looked like, okay, if they get a second here, they could kill the game. Yeah. And then they didn't. And then when they came out in the second half, it was a bit like, they, they didn't really, they lost, they had lost that momentum. But then Martial scored a really good goal. And at that point you think, okay, normally Bayern Munich should be able to see out this match. Yeah. But no, they found a they found a way to make it nervy. See, Everton's Achilles heel has been their Achilles heel for a long time now. They cannot score goals. Their yeah, Richarlison seems to be their biggest hope, and he's not an out now. He's scorer. not a striker at all. Yeah. Like he's at best, you can play him as a right forward, like right attack. Uh, at best, he's going to get ten league goals a season. Really, yeah, probably with a few assists. Yeah, and and half that in assists again. And it's the same but, with Theo Walker. But yeah, they don't have they don't have a central. Like Theo Walcott, I think, can only play striker if he's playing along either he can only play if he's playing in a four three three or he's playing alongside another striker. Not a big man, as we'd say, but another striker who will bring more players into the game because Theo Walcott worked best when he played alongside Robin Van Persie. I think he scored twenty goals this season he played against Robin Van Persie near the end of Van Persie's reign at Arsenal. He just was being fed in, Van Persie would draw on a defender, create a little space behind, and Walcott would use his pace and run in behind. And he did that time and time again that season. And that's the only way he plays well. Richarlison is a different player. You can't play Richarlison that side of play with him in the team. And you can't play Walcott with Richarlison's kind of more passing, build-up, uh, then explosive finish type of play he has. So Everton are hamstrung by that. Like I remember watching, just seeing the last that Man United match as it was petering out when, when they got a goal back, when everything got a goal back, it was 2-1. And they couldn't even get a shot. They didn't. They don't even have Ross Barkley of old taking long shots yeah. of a couple of years ago. I don't I don't recall David De Gea having to make too many saves near the end. And then Pickford actually did have quite a good game then in the yeah. end. Like, he made a couple of really good saves. Go back to the earlier, Man United having a good first half after they scored. scored. I think that was a lot more to do with Silva and his game management. Of, do not concede... Yeah, it, it just seated the because they just like reverse back in, flat back four, everyone in formation, and let them come out. Yeah, just see the territory that way. Yeah, and, and this will work. We'll fix it at half time, and they did. In the second half, they came back out strong. And if it wasn't for Martial, probably the game would have been a lot different. Yeah, uh, but then the big story for Man United at the moment is that Lukaku has been dropped from the side. They're going with Martial and Rashford up front. Juan Matas back in the side for now, although Lingard coming back from injury might mean he that Matas at the end taking uh, off. Yeah, um, a front three of Martial, Rashford, and Lingard could be quite fun. It's not going to be fun under Jose Mourinho, that's for sure. I it's with Mourinho, you can try and make this stuff up and say, oh, he's changing, he's changing, you know, he's learning, he's adapting to his surroundings, he's he's figured something's wrong. He's throwing paint at the wall. Yeah, it does feel a bit like that. I think it's like Lukaku is not scoring or he's not playing or he's not contributing enough in the team, either defensively or offensively. So I have to make an example of him. I drop him from the side and he's got lucky. He did this at Chelsea near the end as well. I was like, oh, I'm going to take out this player, bring in this player, I'm going to take out this player, bring in this player, which is generally the antithesis of what Mourinho does. Like Mourinho, when he was at his best, was playing 11 players every week unchanged side. Yeah making a couple of tactical changes based on an opponent or whatever, yeah. if a player gets injured. But, but he, he stuck to, to this, yeah. a group of 14 or 15 players and they were his men. And that's just never been the case yeah. in United. Like even at United, we're talking about the two players he's brought in, Rashford and Martial. He has done this, he's done what he's yeah. done to Lukaku, to both of those players at different times. Even in the last few weeks, he's criticised... 
Like, what what was his excuse this time? You saw what the how he the Belgian he was blaming the Belgian national team. He blamed. I think I he, saw four different national coaches about his squad problems at the moment. Yeah, so Lukaku is out of sorts because of Belgium. But didn't he play well? At, he uh, did play well. Too. I think. But I think Lukaku maybe, maybe that does need a bit him. of a break. But yeah, but I, maybe I don't that know. annoyed him. The fact that Lukaku played well when he was outside and Mourinho's yeah. control, and said, "Oh, maybe." And people would think, "Oh, maybe it's not Lukaku that's playing badly. Maybe it's Jose Mourinho's tactics." Because like uh, there's been a lot of he's dropped him to kind of get oh get forget about that. That doesn't matter. I've got these these guys who were like what Marshall's a fifty sixty million pound teenager when he was signed. Yeah. He is still in very market. exciting prospect. Like yeah, in today's market, he's still going for that money if not more. What what do you expect him to do against yeah. Everton? Like he's going to like Everton. In fairness, and they are they're an exciting enough team. He, he's playing in, still is playing interesting football there. He's bringing through youth, but like you give Martial the space he had in this match. Yeah, Everton, Everton haven't been the most defensively solid team no. in the league this season either. And then like Rashford, I don't know. Yeah, he, you could tell the difference though between when between what or you can tell the impact Rashford has when he came off and Lukaku came on. Yeah, because you could tell like Rashford did a good job of stretching the play, even if he wasn't specifically yeah, getting a lot of leg work for yeah. his teammates, which is pretty important. Those but... long balls over the yeah. top to run onto because yeah, we've Mourinho. Oh, he's he's changed his spots. Because now instead of playing long balls towards Lukaku, he's playing long balls over the top for the two like quick boys, Martial yeah. and Martial. Which you know might could, might actually lead to some goals. Which... Yeah, but I there what Juventus? What's his next few fixtures again? Well, yeah, like this Mourinho. He's done well so far. He's not. He's only lost one of the last three, and I thought he might lose two of the three. Yeah. So he's won one, drawn one, and lost one against Chelsea, Juventus, and Everton. Yeah. So he ne- he really needed the three points against Everton as well. So yeah. it looks like there was a story on the Guardian today that they're going to give him a hundred million budget for January. So it looks like the board are going to stick with him for now. Well, what happened? Like, like the stories are like Guardian's a reputable source. It's not something that like it's not someone that's known to publish false rumors. So if they're getting that, they're they're getting that information from a good source at United. What happened to them getting Monty? 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 Who? The Roma tech. Oh, Manchi. Manchi. Yeah, sorry, I can't pronounce his name. What happened to get Manchi in? Or Patrice Evra? Or. Patrice Evra is yeah. director of football, would be great. But, like, this was the whole thing is, like, this was talked about before the window ended, the first window, the summer window ended. But like, I they think were going to get a technical director in and everything was going to be different. The talks, Why are they giving the money to Mourinho again? But the, the, those talks were all about getting him in for the end of the season. Oh, but, like. They're not going yeah, to win the league. They're not going to win the Champions League. No offence to Manchester United fans out there, but it's remote. You know, maybe something majestic can happen in the Champions League and they get a really good run and they get on, you know, the Liverpool 2005. Yeah, it's style. happened before. It can happen, but they're not going to win the Premier League. What's the point in burying 100 million with a manager who's not, like... Like, when if you, by when some you miracle at... Mourinho is there this time next year. Which I would be feel very about sad for Man United fans, and I don't really care that much about them. But I would feel bad if Mourinho was still there for like everyone in the league having to suffer through this, and you listener having to suffer through us talking about Jose Mourinho every week. Like we want a bit like Louis Van Gaal. We thought Louis Van Gaal was bad. You know, yeah, but at least Louis Van Gaal was, was fun. fun. Yeah, <laughs> you know him diving on the ground. We can't get enough of that. And like Mourinho's just glum there. You know, maybe he'll start a touchline fight because he's trying to distract from his own failures as a manager. Why are they just dumping money? 
Well, I suppose mine and I have never been smart since this post-Ferguson era started with no. their money, so... Well, there was the time... They didn't sign... Oh, if they go and sign, like, Harry Maguire for 75 million at Christmas. Big old slabhead. Oh, my lord. Well, let's move on to the final bit of news. It was announced this week... Uh, <laughs> just get away from Ringo. <laughs> yeah, just get away from him. <laughs> it was announced this week that the Copa Americas... Or the Copa America will be moving to uh, an even year. So it'll be in line with the European Championships. And I remember they did it for a year 2016. They had a uh, special... They had the Centenary Copa America. I, Copa America, like, they tried to get... They've got clubs. They've got clubs. They've got teams in from CONCACAF before. Yeah, they've invited Japan to Japan the next one. A, New Zealand. Yeah, I'm feeling New Zealand really. were invited. Because they always... New Zealand end up losing to whoever... Chile 6-0. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. The Copa America... Like, be, I South America is a funny place because they have they have crazy friendlies and they're, they're it, it seems to be Mickey Mouse operation run for generations completely corrupt allegedly corrupt and Joao you know, Avalanche allegedly ran it very badly and Argentina FA ran it very badly and they had all this money swirling around and they'd have to play these weird friendlies in weird places and we just saw Brazil play uh, Argentina and Saudi Arabia I've heard that Saudi yeah Cup. and Uruguay played against Japan in a friendly they yeah. all went over to Asia yeah they played South Korea as well I think uh, Uruguay in that, in that tour and it's all money spinning exercises, and they have the great qualifying. The World Cup qualifying is such a fantastic. It's the, it's the best, um, like coefficient. Is that what you would say? Yeah. It's the it's the best around. Like it's much yeah. better than Europe's one. It's just it's open, so... for anyone who doesn't know. It's just an open league between all the, all the all teams ten of them. Yeah, in South America, they play each other twice, and the top four four guaranteed and then fifth gets a playoff i think yeah or five or six one of the it's, yeah. it's one of the other numbers and it's it's interesting and generally it's relatively tight like last time around chile lost out either on goal difference or by like a point they lost yeah out argentina the have nearly not qualified in the last two or three yeah, times now you know it can happen it has happened in the past argentina didn't qualify in the 70s yeah uh like or in the 60s in the 70s i want to say 70 74 or 70? No, they're in 74 because they lost to... But either way, Argentina didn't qualify at one point. Yes, it's happened in the past. And it can't. It hasn't almost happened as well yes, in recent yeah. history. But then this, like the Copa America, like I used to enjoy it when I was younger because you say, oh, this is like it's South American football and it's interesting and it's players you don't see, but now they're all in Europe. Yeah, true. And But it'll be nice to just, you know, watch uh, some of the Euros match on during the day and then during the night time <laughs> watch some of the... The Euros are already, day. like, the last Euros was such a marathon, a slog of football. It's football, though, you know. It it's nice so to just have it on football. in the background. It was so much by the and time. And remember, so many dead rubbers. Can we go back to when Ireland were... Portugal qualified and won the tournament, having... Oh, my God. Just make it a 32-2 Hungary. <laughs> Do we forget Hungary? Yeah, it's pretty easy to forget about that Hungary team. Your man in the pants, the goalie. They, they, they drew, that was good. Uh, but they drew they that 3 all match with Portugal. That was fun. Zoltan Gira, what a man. What a man. Zoltan Gira. Still going. Still alive. 180 years old. Last week we discussed where it all went wrong for Julian Lopetegui. This week she'll complete his spectacular fall from grace, bowing out as Real Madrid manager off the back of a humiliating 5-1 defeat at the hands of their greatest rivals, Barcelona. Supposedly the man chosen to replace him is Antonio Conte, although perhaps not. That, that has changed. <laughs> uh, but is this the kind of fix-up job that requires just a simple change of manager, or is it a bigger issue than that? The last time they did this was after Ancelotti 
if you remember. They brought in Rafa Benitez. Oh, they did. I always I keep thinking they they went from no, it was Rafa Benitez. Yeah, Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez was, last... was the last time they had a manager they'd appointed to kind of fix things after Ancelotti had come in and done well, won the Champions League, following the year kind of disintegrated as Ancelotti teams have no, been known to do in the past. Benitez comes in, tries to establish order, tries to impose his will on the dressing room. The dressing room rebels. They get and the last time they got Zidane up from the from assistant manager slash uh, Real Madrid B into the hot seat. And obviously the rest was history. Real Madrid did amazing well, won three, three consecutive Champions Leagues, won a league title. They went from strength to strength despite not spending huge amounts of money, which they had done in the past. Despite selling players. Yeah. Even. You know, they like Zidane built something. And then they're at the end of it now. Zidane left because, you know, the writing was on the wall last season as we discussed. Yeah, Zidane, very prophetic, seemed to just realise that Florentino Perez was not willing to spend money to replace players that he was w- very willing to sell. Yeah. So he was very smart to get out of that situation. He got out, Lapetegui came into that poison chalice, like even worse, you can say in a lot of different ways, worse than David Moyes taking over from Alex Yeah, I saw, a, I saw a joke on Twitter that was like, oh, David Moyes is impressed with how Julie Lapetegui's fall from graces, how quickly it's happened. Yeah, well, they've just, they're, they're terrible. Like they sell their best player, slash one of the best players in the world in, in Cristiano Ronaldo their goal machine the, enti- the entire reason the team is built around getting this guy to score he's gone they've got nothing else I looked at the starting lineups yesterday there was, there's no one real Carvajal yeah Carvajal was the only real injury and even then they have decent backup but right, like, right back I'm not concerned about right, right, yeah, right back is not an yeah. important position for yeah Andrei. you know the left back you know be more important for a lot of different reasons they're uh, talismanic left back yeah they're goal, goal machine Marcelo who we, we didn't think would score many goals and has scored three goals since the last time we, we said that in three matches against high quality oppo- well maybe not high quality opposition well Barcelona's high yeah, quality Barcelona. opposition yeah well he's now injured so there's yeah, no that's goals it, that's it like no goals like Gareth Bale Taken off in the, yesterday in the Classico. There's been a lot of quotes as well. It's so toxic at Real Madrid as it usually is. They're all talking about like, like Marcelo, the best. Like Marcelo saying, I hope... This is last week after the Champions League match. Marcelo saying, oh, I hope uh, the manager's still here on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> to the public. And like he, It's not like very confidence-inspiring, but also you wouldn't really believe him either. Yeah, he didn't really like, oh, yeah. And he wasn't one of the people like... Like informing people in the background, you know, not he's not Sergio Ramos. Yeah, you know, supposed the ultimate good politician. Friend, yeah, good friend with Lapetegui calls him like Jules or whatever he's calling him. He still like obviously does not like him, and like Ramos is like put Ramos in charge. Yeah, the the, the reason they wouldn't do that, I think, is just because Florentino Perez doesn't seem to really like Ramos all that much. He doesn't but like the power struggle between charge. the two. Put him in charge. Let's see what but happens. The, but the bigger question is... And then is, he can get rid of him. But then the bigger question is, is Sergio Ramos finished at the highest level as a centre-back? No, I don't think he is. I think he's indisciplined. And I think he will not listen to any manager. But like it was a, about three or four weeks ago now we were talking about Jared Piquet you said he lost that pace. Like his, yeah. Ramos kind of suffered the same uh, way Piquet well, has. Well, they played different kind of game. Like Ramos lost that pace a long time ago. If you remember Ramos used to be a fullback. Yeah, yeah. He used but to be st- going up and like, down I don't, I don't mean specifically the European Championship as a fullback. I don't mean specifically uh, pace as he lost a step of yeah. pace or whatever. But has he lost that step at no, the I think, level? No, I think, no, because he's still capable of just being an being annoying to whatever team he's playing for he has that Pepe effect but he has it honed to such a such a unique like when you think of you know um, honey and the, it's like the most precise honey on the top of honey <laughs> and that's Sergio Ramos the way he can annoy people and gnaw at them the way, like where it's only three months ago that he broke 
the best player in the opposite team in the Champions League final. Yeah, but a lot happens over the course of the summer, you know. Yeah, but I, I still think he's there and thereabouts. Like he's like he is ill-disciplined. I think possibly due to his mentality, he is not at the and he's gone beyond health. Maybe because I don't see any manager in the world who could reinforce. Some kind of discipline. That's why I was like really hopeful that Antonio Conte would come into Real Madrid just for the clash there between. But supposedly, the two of them. that's why he's. It was it was all done and dusted, almost signed and sealed and delivered, and there was going to be a press conference and that Pategi was going to be removed and Conte was going to be announced as the new manager. And due to Conte getting word from the Real Madrid dressing room that quickly, it came through that he's not going to take charge because Sergio Ramos and other players. It was like it was. Players in the dressing room, there would be a too much of a power struggle, and they did not want Conte to come in. Yeah, like that—that's not surprising to hear either. Like, if any player is going to push back against someone like Antonio Conte, it was going to be Sergio Ramos. But like, you can't have one player hold back a whole club. Like, especially someone who's not Ronaldo, you know, whatever Ronaldo is now, and he's not Messi or someone of that ilk. He's Sergio Ramos. He's won Champions Leagues almost on his own, effectively. He has been won everything he could possibly win as a player. He has annoyed people and he is beloved by other people. It's equal amounts. He has a record red cards in various different tournaments. He's also got the record amount of losses in El Clasicos, apparently, with 18. Well, that's... How many of them are directly... He's directly <laughs> how many of them has he been set off in? A few now. It's been a while, though. He hasn't been sent off in, like... He, two or three years ago. A year or two, ago, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that's good for him. <laughs> yeah, it's good for Sergio Ramos. He could have been sent off, in fairness... He could have been sent off in more recent classicals. He's they kind of they give him a wide berth. The referees now because they know Real Madrid have that power. Like they got that that suspension overturned on uh, Vicious or uh, the, the Brazilian player Vinicius. Vinicius and did bring him in the squad. They worked so hard to get it overturned, and he didn't bring him, and he didn't play for Real Madrid B either. So there's like nobody won. It was like they just suspended them by themselves. <laughs> they just won the, the political oh, Yeah, that's all it was. It was just a, a political tug of war. You, but like, then there's the whole stuff with like... It's such an embarrassing defeat, but like it could have been so much worse. Like Messi wasn't even Messi playing. wasn't even playing. A Barca- <laughs> this is not a vintage Barcelona It really side. is. We've been criticising it for the last 12 But months. like that's the same. We looked at the those starting lineups before the match and like Barcelona were missing players. You they know, Rafinha Dembele. Dembele. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Rafinha was playing. Uh, Sergio Roberto. Yeah, no. Nothing These really striking out. Like Rakitic, yeah. despite Rakitic scoring that amazing goal against Spurs, I still think he's done at the top level. Like, he doesn't have... He's reached that age. Yeah, Busquets leading the team. You know, Busquets seemed to dominate the whole proceedings. <laughs> there was no Madrid midfield, so of course he was going to dominate. And then that defence we talked about earlier on the season being as slow as anything. But then who would they have to play against? Kareem Benzema? <laughs> The, the speedy Gonzalez Green Benzema he did hit the post didn't he or was yeah but, and then bail out the right hand side just completely ineffective like put him back on the left or something I don't know make him run he was taken off Asensio's program. Asensio's career is completely stalled yeah he's had a rough six months but, like and then who were they playing on the left hand side uh, Marcelo <laughs> yeah Marcelo like Kroos is just passing the ball metronomically but he's not doing anything with like, it you know Modric how, looks out on his feet you know Casemiro how, um, still in, in, like he's got, he's getting less disciplined as he gets older but you know how we were talking about Alvaro Morata and you were always like uh, no one's passing to him like yeah. people are looking at him and not passing to him that's happening to Karim Benzema as well I've noticed yeah. I think it's not just this this has been going on for a long time Benzema's there it was because so Ronaldo obvious yesterday him. It's like, why just get this guy off the field? Play, like, bring, bring another. Higuain. Yeah, why didn't Higuain was available? 
They could have got him. But if Antonio Conte is not going to come into Real Madrid, who exactly is going to come in? It looks like Solari is going to from the Real youth Madrid coach. B, if you remember Solari from back in the day, Champions League winner with Real Madrid. He played in Galacticos. He was one of the homegrown players. Oh, one of the... Supposedly, well, isn't he Argentinian? I, I have no I idea. I think he is, but he's, you know, one of their... He was brought through the system. Um, I've heard things about him and his style that he's not very good. He is not good at, like, uh, coercing players to do what he wants to do. He doesn't have a great tactical plan. Then again, Zidane didn't have a great tactical plan. So what you're saying is he's perfect for Real Madrid. Well, like, it's not even... When this happened in the past... Real Madrid still got quality people in positions. Like, if you remember back 10, 12 years ago, when Real Madrid were going through a similar phase of, we don't know what we're doing anymore. Juan de Ramos. Well, even before Juan de Ramos, or maybe after Juan de Ramos. I don't recall. But say after Del Bosque was sacked for only winning the Champions League twice in three years. How dare he? Yeah, I know. It wasn't enough for them. So they sacked him. Brought Perez brought in the Galacticos project. Brought in Zidane. Oh, no. Zidane was already there. Brought in Beckham. Yeah. And brought in Thomas Gravison, you know, the likes of that. <laughs> the likes of those great Galacticos. <laughs> yeah. Ronaldo and other things like this. Figo and such. But they went through managers like they were going out of style. Yeah. <laughs> like Wandy Ramos was in there, but but like Wandy Ramos was a decent manager. Won oh, yeah, he, the, won. he won the Europa League. Yeah, before it was the Europa League. Yeah, he won when it was the UEFA Cup. Uh, brought in Bernd Schuster, who was a, like a club legend for Barcelona and Real Madrid, and did like decently well. Didn't he win the league with them? Oh, I can't remember. In like one of the years, or maybe he didn't win the league against Frank Reichardt. Was it not Capello that won the league? Yeah, maybe it was Capello. But I thought Schuster won it as well. He, he might have, yeah. The year after that, or the year before. Because Barcelona were in flux at the time. But my point being, it's a, regardless of the record, my point being, these were Capello. They Bruce were Schuster, quality. Wander Ramos. They were higher quality managers than... Solari. Solari. And that seems to be your list of... It remi- it's very reminiscent of... Uh, what, uh, not to go back to Jose Mourinho, but Ed Woodward at Manchester United, when, if you remember when Van Hal's writing was on the wall, when everyone knew he was going to be sacked one way or the other, it was just a matter of when, and they were like, the, the only two people listed in the shortlist were Ryan Gakes, yeah. club legend, he's already there, the easy choice, the internal choice. He's already managed a few matches before. Exactly, or Jose Mourinho. There was nobody else. There was no looking at the likes of Thomas Tuchel who would have, been a, would have taken the job, no looking at, you know... Exploring different avenues, like I think uh, Unai Emery was available that summer yeah. as well. They could have gone. For I think him. Klopp was still around. No, no, Klopp, Klopp had gone to Liverpool yeah. already, so I'm they missed the before. boat on him. But there was other, you know, there's other managers that could have taken that that role. You know, uh, Luis Enrique Conte was available. Yeah, you know, these are the, the the ways they could have gone. But no, no, it was either Jose Mourinho because he's box vision. office, or internal Ryan Giggs, and now it's uh, Conte or Solari. There's no one else, even but it though there's other like, managers available. It seems like the whatever Van Hal. that would be great. Arsene Wenger is around. Arsene Wenger's around. Leonardo yeah. Jardim is now free, yeah. although I wouldn't exactly put him with but Van well Hal and The Wenger. young German managers, there's a few of them knocking around. Julian Nagelsmann. Uh, it's going to be hard to get Nagelsmann. I keep bringing him up because he will go. I think he'll yeah, he, drop the hat. He He's has going to that potential. Yeah. So, but uh, what's the name of the guy that had the nervous breakdown that's at Borussia Dortmund? Lucien Favre. Lucien Favre, former of Nice. I think they could extract him if they wanted and he would be a good, safe pair of hands at least till the end of the season. But going to Solari, like, what are they hoping for? I think the reason they want to bring in someone like Solari is just because it'll be easy to get rid of him in six months. Yeah, but... It's their biggest, they're the biggest club in the world. But they, it seems like they're set on Pochettino. Pochettino seems to be Florentino Perez's guy that he wants in. 
then just pay Daniel Levy the money. They obviously, for whatever the reason, they seem it's not like, possible. Like, there was quotes this today, I think it was, that Pochettino said he's never been more unhappy at Tottenham. <laughs> so, you know, you know I need throw to buy players. Few, we must buy players. You know who buy players? Real Madrid. Yeah. So, you know. Well, not in recent years. Well, they do need to rebuild that whole squad. Yeah, it's a whole, whole mess. That whole... Both. But the thing with Real Madrid is they're in ninth place at the moment, and if things go against them next week, they could be down fourteenth or fifteenth. So bring back Jose Mourinho. Well, that was the rumor as well last week that apparently the only reason they're not going for Mourinho because they're waiting for Man United to sack him. <laughs> so uh, maybe they're just waiting then. A match made in heaven. Yeah, that that is truly how everything should go. Real Madrid. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? My suspicion would be no. We move on to now the Premier League preview, and uh, we're getting into the getting into the Christmas season now. The yellow ball is out; it's starting to get cold. People are starting to wear gloves and such. It is getting a bit chilly, you know. You can't. You, it, it, sometimes you need to wear gloves. I'm not necessarily agreeing when you're a professional athlete running around for 90 minutes you probably do warm up I'd imagine you're too hot yeah in those situations <laughs> at least like, they're not wearing woolly but hats but maybe that's their yeah but some of them they were for a while they were in the snoods and they got uh, banned Nasri I remember Samuel Nasri scoring goals were in a of course they had to ban them after that and people weren't happy but yeah, maybe it's a, it's like a weight loss exercise that they're trying to lose weight by maybe. wearing so many layers like those thermal layers, they're probably like roasting under those. Yeah, like even when we play five aside, like I wear that when it gets particularly cold, and by the end of it, I do. You don't need I to do wear it anymore. Warm, yeah. yeah, if you warm up properly, you don't need to wear it at all. Uh, but onto the football, twelve. No, no, no. Let's talk more about gloves. <laughs> what about these oh, yeah, flags? What, yeah, what, what kind of gloves do you wear these? Not at the moment. <laughs> I like the ones that you can use your phone with. Oh yeah. What are your thoughts on fingerless gloves? They have a purpose. I feel like they've come back in style. They lately, kind of have, yeah. yeah. Smittens are the best, though. Which ones are They're is this? fingerless gloves with mittens that come over the top. Oh, yeah, I have yeah. seen them around, yeah. Uh, but uh, we were talking about Man earlier. They go to Bournemouth. This is your favourite team, Bournemouth. I do team, quite like Bournemouth. You keep thinking they're going to reach the Champions League knockout stages next <laughs> season. Uh, I don't quite think that much of them. Well, but. I don't. I think of the. This is absolutely the match that has been targeted by Manchester United to get three points away from home. Well, Bournemouth are above them in the table, although yeah. so were Everton. So yeah, didn't really matter there. And it, like this is the way I think. Well, another thing: if Man United were away from home against Everton, yeah, it would have been a different story. I think it would have been a different story. I think Chris Smalling would have been sent off. I think maybe some of those penalties wouldn't have been given. Perhaps, but uh, they have lost at Bournemouth before. They have. Under but, Louis Van Gaal. Yeah, that was good old days. <laughs> Louis Van Gaal's at the uh, they, That football. was when uh, Jamie Radnapp pointed out the corner flag. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, look at the corner flag there. <laughs> I think he was trolling the world. Jamie yeah. Radnapp might be like a genius underneath everything. <laughs> I think Manchester United are targeting this match 100%. They all want to win this. They don't have a midweek match in the league called. <laughs> yeah, that was the real tactical plan. Yeah, it was. Long term is safe for this Bournemouth match. They will likely lose the midweek match the following week against Juventus. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so, that. yeah, that's only a week away. So, I think Man United will go into this. They have a nice early kickoff and a nice little break before they have to travel to Turin. They'll win. And they're like, I've won this match. We're in whatever. What would they be in there? They'd potentially be like two points off the top four. 
Yeah, it depends on results all the yeah, matches. For at least a while, they'll be two points off the top four. Like, it's not unlikely this week because of who other teams are playing, but yeah, they could be two points off top four. Exactly, the this and then weekend. you can sit on that for another couple of weeks and yeah. ride this out until probably mid-December and then he'll get sacked, the same as he did at Chelsea. At least he won't be probably 16th at that point. Well... But there's Bournemouth, time there's always time for such things but to go back to Bournemouth not to love them too much here but Callum Wilson is reportedly uh, close to an England call-up he's been scoring goals they won 3-0 at the weekend I don't think it'll be an easy match for Manchester United I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as certain as you are that this will be victory for them no they just they, these are the matches that Mourinho eats up these matches against he lost Scott. to Bournemouth the he time he was sacked he did but like this is different because Manchester United have shown already this season when they're going up against these lesser sides, they'd have just about enough to, you know, the lesser sides don't want to, you know, put, put any of these teams down too far. But, you know, teams in that bottom. There's eight, definitely a resource gap there. Yeah. The bottom eight sides, bottom 10 sides, so the second half of the table. Manchester United tend, like, they should, we saw it against Newcastle. Like, Newcastle had that match won and United came back just because they had more firepower. But Bournemouth are that bit better so far this season than a team like Newcastle. Ah, now Newcastle, they're on the up. They're in the relegation zone. They're, you know... <laughs> Bournemouth in the Europa League places. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Newcastle, you know, big Rafa. Uh, but then the big match, I think, for the weekend is the a, cl- a classic. It always is a classic. It always throws up a great match. Liverpool well, going to Arsenal. It throws up nil-all draws or one-all uh, draws. That was when Rafa Benitez was in charge. I know, even, even when Klopp was at... Even when Klopp started... No, when Klopp started, it was like 3-2, 3-3, 2-2. Like, even the low-scoring oh, okay. matches were great. Yeah, and this is, well, this is Emery, because Emery's going to be a lot more conservative than Wenger has been in recent times. Well, it's going to be at the Emirates, so... Yeah, but uh, Liverpool, it's a test for Liverpool. Oh, be definitely. Because the Man City thing was was almost a test for Pep, and Pep wanted to go in there not getting humiliated, but at the same time... And both managers, both managers kind of just overthought that match in a way. Yeah, like they almost I, need to reset next time I they think play this, each other. I think this is a much more telling match for a Liverpool season. I think if Liverpool don't convincingly beat Arsenal, or at least put up performance up against Arsenal... Yeah, I feel like they need a victory against yeah, Arsenal. I, don't, I, I would rule them out of the title race if they don't. If they beat Arsenal convincingly, I think they're still in this. Like they like you have to remember how Man City played against Arsenal. Like yeah, they, 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 they almost need to match what Man yeah. City do to these teams, yeah. which is going to be difficult. And Arsenal will be a lot more assured now than they were when they played City oh, the game of the season. And like they have most of their players back now yeah. as well because there were a few people missing from the World Cup and such. Yeah. So like and then like Arsenal have the firepower to go at Liverpool as well though. Like they had like they played Aubameyang and Lacazette at the weekend. They might do that Both again. Correct. <laughs> Perhaps, like. but they And Aubameyang out on the left-hand side for some bizarre reason. Ozil has been impressive since becoming kind of captain. Well, there's four captains at Arsenal. Yeah, but he, he played very well when he was <laughs> he captain played, in yeah. the last few matches. Granishaka has been in form. It's the best he's ever played at Arsenal, I think, despite giving away the penalty. Despite energy. the yellow cards and the penalties. Yeah, he's always one yellow card away from suspension already, yeah. which I, I'm almost impressed by. He's been subbed already a couple of times because he's taken <laughs> yellow cards and they think he's going to be sent off. Yeah, but he, he it's still the best form he's had at Arsenal. Yeah, I suppose he has. Uh, Torreira's been you yeah, know, a revelation. Like, well, I'm not trying to say revelation. I think he's been solid, which is much better than Arsenal had in midfield. He's in the gave, last he's 10 gave years. Arsenal a midfield. Well, a, a solid defensive yeah. midfield. Uh, midfield isn't an embarrassment at the moment. Yeah, it's been the most solid they've been since Alex Song when he was at his best. Yeah. And even then, he was a bit of a liability at times. You're going back to Gilberto Silva back nearly 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. yeah. That's that's really where Arsenal were at their most strongest defensively. So he is adding a bit of bite there. And even though like 
from word I've seen from people who watched him a lot more in Italy and Samp, he wasn't uh, uh, that much of a defensive midfielder. He was just good at it. So he was actually, his better position is kind of further up the field and playing a high pressing and winning the ball back early. The way that, you know, the Borussia Dortmund teams of old might have been. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see maybe does Genduzi and Xhaka become the, the, the deeper midfielders, the actual defensive yeah. midfielders, and they do play Torreira further forward. They could do, and they'd be very solid then, and then, you know, they'd have a base to let the fly the four attackers then, whoever they would be, Ozil and Aubameyang, Lacazette, Wellback, Wobi, Mkhitaryan, whichever combination of those players they decide to play, they'd have a good defensive base below behind it then. And of course, this match last season was the, the one that ended Mignolet's Liverpool career, really, uh, the three-all draw. Simon Mignolet, what but a guy. It was, it was last season that Liverpool were so poor away from home against the big sides. They yeah. lost, I think, did they lose every match but the one at the Emirates that they drew? Yeah. Whereas they've already picked up three points at Tottenham. They picked up a point at Stamford Bridge. So they really need to keep that momentum going yeah, that's what in I think these they matches. Have, they have to do it. They have a full team they're going to be able to choose from, relatively speaking. Yeah. <laughs> you know... James or what's it called? Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson. James Milner is. A, I don't. It, it's too early to say well, who's a doubt and who's not a doubt for this match on Saturday. But I th- they'll have like Fabinho's come into the side, played okay. Yeah. Uh, Keita, when he's not strangely injured, has played pretty well as well. He's been impressive. They're still lacking that kind of uh, dynamism that Oxley Chamberlain offered when they had two more defensive players behind him because they still. I don't think they've bed in those new signings as well yet. They, they're still adapting to the English game and when to go and when not to go as in when to break forward. Yeah, and that normally does take time. It does take time and they're still suffering through that and that's why they've lost a bit of control in midfield. I think they've ceded a bit of control in their their creativity as a result, but they're way more solid at the back. Joe Gomez, Virgil van Dijk. Is they, the yeah, captain. they've gone 918 minutes without scoring or without conceding. <laughs> without, scoring. without scoring would be depressing for them. Yeah. Uh, but without ski- conceding, which is, and it was Cardiff City that had for breaking off. Bizarrely enough, yeah, kind of in fantastic form at the moment. Oh, they, yeah. scored they scored that a goal. <laughs> they scored a goal. They're out of relegation zone somehow. I don't know how they managed that. Uh, but yeah, that match should be exciting. I'm very much looking forward to that one, which mm-hmm. I do. Oh, I always love when that one comes up. And then there's, uh, bizarrely enough, there's a evening kickoff on Saturday in the Premier League. A 7.45 kickoff at Wolves. They take on Tottenham. Why the hell not? <laughs> it's, yeah, I... You know, I don't have much to do on a Saturday evening, so I don't really <laughs> Come on, man, get a life. <laughs> I will watch football. Wolves against anything. Tottenham. Wolves playing interesting football this season. All the Portuguese things, the whole George... You know, Espirito Santo. Yeah, I was going to say George Mendes. The Super <laughs> NES, though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just go with that. The Super... Nuno Espirito's yeah it, yes. it's got some logic to it <laughs> can we just call we just him call that? Mr. Nintendo <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but it'll be very interesting because I think depending on how this week goes for Spurs yeah obviously uh, we're recording before they play Manchester City so they could have lost that 4-0 or there's every list to this and pa- Pochettino could be the new Real Madrid manager yeah. that's why I'm a, bit, I'm a bit cautious about predicting this match because we've said it for a while Tottenham have they have their best ever start to the Premier League and they're still in what fourth or fifth place fourth or fifth yeah uh, that's that just gives you how, how, how poorly Tottenham generally start the Premier League so that they have not been overly impressive this season I think they they've been grinding out victories yeah they're probably out of the Champions League yeah that result midweek was not a good result so for them where is speed. the morale of the team yeah like it's they're grinding out victories against four teams 
and they're not playing well against these teams. I suppose a lot of it does kind of depend on what happens tonight when before or after we record this. Yeah. So well, I expect Man City to win that. Yeah, we, I, let me I, know, future people. Yeah, I, I could be way wrong. Maybe you probably know Tottenham had a heroic three-two victory. I, I would hope that the, like this would be an interesting match because I think Wolves will target this match. They would have seen what Brighton did. Would have seen what like Brighton lost to Tottenham, but should have beaten them. They would have seen what uh, Cardiff did to Spurs, ten-man Cardiff, and they're looking at this like. We can play as well as those teams who almost got a result against Spurs. Like Wolves got a result against Man City, so like yeah, they clearly that's what I'm saying. It's like they're like we have better players. Like on paper, they have better players than Brighton or Cardiff. Although they did lose to Brighton this week, which was true. Odd. But that's it's. I think that's to do with the the stage of where they are, the teams that that uh, Sutton has Brighton in a much better position than you know Spurs. Yeah, they're just further Wolves. along in their cycle, yeah, much more in their development. But Wolves attacking this. Spurs, will be, you can get at them. They're going to be tired after midweek. I think they're there for the taking. And I think if Pochettino's still the manager, it could be a rough night for him. And if he's not the manager, it'll definitely be a rough night for Spurs. And like it, it's going to be a good atmosphere as well. well yeah. like they, especially nighttime. Like nighttime yeah. kickoff, I think, does tend to lead to better atmosphere yeah. matches. So it'll, it'll be tough for them to go there yeah. as well. And then on Sunday, a lot less action on Sunday. Three uh, randomly, there's just a three o'clock kickoff on Sunday. No Super Sunday, it seems. Why not? They've completely messed with the schedule this week it's, for whatever it's reason. With you. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do on Sunday. Like I, I don't know. There's nothing to watch. But uh, Man City play Southampton. Southampton. Ah, you know. Easy to forget Southampton even. Yeah, this, no these one's days. been sacked yet. Which is weird. Yeah, I'm finding like, it weirder as it goes on. Mark Hughes, why? This <laughs> yeah. is why. Why is Mark Hughes, why? The yeah. ultimate question of life. They still don't have anyone to score goals. They've. Uh, I was watching the Champions League during the week. Tadic, oh, Tadic, he's at Ajax. Playing really well at Ajax. He is playing really well. In the Champions League. Who did uh, Southampton replace him with? Nobody? Yeah, yeah nobody. Yeah. Yeah. nobody? That's who they replaced him with. He scored all those goals yeah. at that club that yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. And uh, amazingly, Southampton still can't score. I mean, if you're going to play Shane Long, you're yeah, you like, It's just ruining him. Like, he's like, he knows he's not that great, and you're just completely playing him. And he keeps not scoring. Uh, Poor Shane Long. So, anyway, Man City, 3 to 5 now. Yeah. Five goals. That's kind of what's going on. Three happen. is actually kind of generous yeah. for Southampton. Yeah, we'll They've see. done well to get. Yeah. Wasn't it? Was last this this fixture last year? The Pep Guardiola yelled at Nathan Redmond for something. It's about the season before. I think it was last season. Was it only last year? I think it was. God, time flies. It really does. Time <laughs> flies when you're having fun. You're with better Nathan than Redmond. this, Nathan. You're better than this. <laughs> Go to Hull. Yeah. <laughs> and then the uh, final match we'll preview: Chelsea Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace got the results against Arsenal. They scored goals, although. From penalties. penalties, yeah. Well, they might uh, score because it's away from home. Chelsea completely the way Burnley made it easy, easy go. One of them didn't hear much about, uh, and they were able to rest, voice, uh, uh, Sean Sean Dyke. Dyke. Uh, <laughs> but uh, didn't Chelsea didn't say much about it, so he's like, he That's how you know you really beat yeah, them. You accepted the defeat, so Chelsea, despite my earlier claims in the season that they are going to collapse I, I do expect them to collapse <laughs> if you keep point. saying it it might actually happen <laughs> yeah. if you will it into existence yeah. I'll say it every week and then when it does happen I'm like, ah, told you so told you so no but I think Chelsea should should win this yeah. <laughs> that's why I think Crystal Palace rolled their luck Crystal Palace have a good record though against Chelsea in recent yeah years. but they're playing away and they're playing against the Sarri they, side they and... won against Chelsea when Conte won the league title with them as well so. yeah but and they won just against Mourinho I think Mourinho got beaten by yeah, the big, par- big parades well. big parades kept them up with that but uh, no I, I expect Chelsea at home 
they should have this. Bit more interesting than uh, Man City Southampton. No, no, no. We get goals at Man City Southampton. It's at, it's at the Etihad, you know. Mm-hmm. Everyone be happy, cheery, <laughs> yeah. You know that type of way. Oh, I know it well. Yeah. And uh, it was with that that we will bring the show to a close. Uh, thank you for being here, Andrew. Thank you for having me. And we'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget you can tell family and friends about the show. Spread the word of the Total Football Takeover. You can also follow us on social media at the TF Pod on Twitter and Total Football Pod on Instagram. You can also be found on podcast services, including Spotify, by searching Total Football Podcast. The more the merrier. That's what we always say. That would probably be the. La 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 la